Greetings, listeners. Welcome to the Whip 12 podcast. I am Raymond, and today I'm here with Cal, also known as Yoink101, uh, from the Bay Area in California, so where the Barakiels and, uh, and the Joe Travelers live. So, uh, hey, Cal, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Hi. Very excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, happy to, to have you on. Uh, you're one of the, well, uh, of the two episodes that I've went on the Facebook, uh, of, uh, of Aleph and, uh, asked around if anyone wants to, uh, share their knowledge and you came on and, uh, we are going to talk about steel phalanx. Excellent. Cool. So, uh, Cal, can you, uh, introduce yourself? Absolutely. I am a U.S. history teacher, uh, for high school. I'm from the Bay Area and, uh, the Bay Area, if you're outside of it is sort of this you know collection of cities around the san francisco bay mm -hmm. uh, if you're inside it there's five or six distinct regions so i'm in the east bay uh just outside of richmond and oakland and then uh, uh i interact actually with a lot of communities out here because we've mm -hmm. got the sacramento area we've got the area i'm in um san francisco and then uh, further south down towards um, Santa Cruz. Uh -huh. and so there's quite a few different, you know, areas with some real strong players that I've been able to interact with over the last few years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and have some, probably some tournaments where you uh, mix and match all those, uh, all those groups. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, it's probably, I'm guessing four times larger than the whole country that I come from, but <laughs> <laughs> possible yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so uh how were you introduced to uh infinity uh so i got started just before human sphere n3 came out which ah. i think was early 2015 so the end of 2014 i i saw the ice storm starter yeah i bought it assembled painted it i called one of my friends up and we got together a couple times and played the intro missions you know, on a kitchen table on the mm -hmm. little paper mat. And then I went to my friendly local game store and I met Joel Traveler and Michael Barakiel. And, you know, I, I introduced myself to Michael. I had no idea who he was, no idea that he'd gone to all these national tournaments and yeah. ranked really highly in them and, and asked for a game. And he said, absolutely. Do you want me to just show you the ropes? And, and I said, you know what, just play it like it's a game kick my ass and, and we'll see how it goes. And he did. I think he uh, killed my Yodam with a, a, a monk. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was fantastic. And I never looked back. Yeah. Well, awesome. So yeah. Uh, 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 and did you have any experience with wargaming before you uh, jumped in? I I did. I actually am one of those few players who did not play Warhammer. I don't think I've ever played a game of Warhammer Fantasy or 40K. Although I have played a couple of rounds of Bolt Action, which mm -hmm. I understand is is the same system but modified for World War II. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually yeah. The Bolt Action has the well the perk of uh, just throwing all the units in a bowl and see who starts off. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah. So it's more I go, you go. Yeah, it is. I I do like the initiative system yeah. in that, where you're where you're pulling out of a hat each yeah. each time you activate. It always intrigued me since I'm 
Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a World, World War II buff because of my dad, and probably that got me into wargaming. But I never jumped on the historical bandwagon, because, uh, but Bolt Action almost did uh, because uh-huh. of its game system. But I'm still not sure if I want to paint an army that I have to paint historically instead of, I just want my guys to be blue or pink or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> definitely understand it so i like the game side but not the hobby side if you if you get catch right. my drift i think this is uh if you uh get any extra income or a tax return hire somebody to paint the army and then you've just got one you can use <laughs> and i can enjoy it yeah yeah, yeah but it's cool like like yeah yeah you're you're one of those unicorns that that hasn't been a refugee of 40k which is which is also right nice. Yeah, uh, so I played I played a lot of X Wing, um, mm-hmm. a number of other historicals. There was a, a couple with planes, check your six and canvas eagles, and then I've I played a lot of RPGs. That was really where I did most of my gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my first was I I actually played the D and D Red Box uh, with this sort of family friend who was a little older than me. I was I was maybe six, and a couple of us were, you know, between five and eight, and we played the first adventure in the red box, and, and that got me hooked. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it, it helped to have... Because, um, well, the, 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 the whole origin of, of Infinity is, of course, that it started out as an RPG game uh, between uh, that that Gucciar that house ruled. Uh yeah. Do you get a sense that because you, you you've played RPGs that it's far easier to get into a game like Infinity? Um, I don't know if if that's really it. Um, I mean it it's possible. I I know that I struggled a lot with the Star Wars games because mm-hmm. they were so character driven on uh, characters who were established in other. Yeah, other media, right? Um, and I really liked with Infinity that it was a very character-driven game, but also those characters had not played out their story arcs in a movie or a comic no, book no, no. already. Yeah, like I, I play a Song of Ice and Fire. Like they, they really try to lock in the the look and feel of a character that has that you have seen on the screen. So mm-hmm. if you, if you if you go with Darth Vader, you want to be the yeah, you want to feel it like it is Darth Vader, and they had tried to yeah. make the rules like it is. But then he gets, you know, shot and killed by some random squad of rebel troopers, and you're like, "Wait, what happened?" <laughs> That's not how he dies. Yeah, <laughs> he tries to throwing Palpatine off a railing. That's <laughs> yeah. being hit by lightning. Yeah, like this is a real, yeah, a weird alternate history that you're creating. That it's actually right. an anticlimax towards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I so I yeah. enjoy that you know when yeah. when I screw up with Achilles and he goes down, uh, it's my fault. It doesn't ruin his story arc, and <laughs> he's got a cube anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah, they will get a vat of silk and rebuild, <laughs> rebuild him better, stronger, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably have three versions of him running around at the same time anyway. So. Uh, you oh, cannot yeah. feel that bad. <laughs> well, I always, I always figured there's a, there's the PR Achilles who shows up in the in the news feeds who yeah. can speak to people, and then there's the the combat model who's a frothing lunatic who just murders and mayhem all yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they were filled with, um, uh, with Mendoza. Mendoza, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I th- yeah, I think that is the, probably the reality for for the most. Like in Mendoza, you got the you got the Aristea version that uh, runs prances around uh, in the arena. You got the one that uh, actually has to do the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and be in a, in a gritty Paradiso war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah um, what aspects of the game got you uh, got you hooked? Well, like I mentioned, the the character full nature of it without having these established story arcs but really the mechanics of the back and forth you know it's it's the cliche of infinity that it's always your turn and the aros and i just like the idea of being able to be tactically engaged throughout the entire game yeah 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 it's always your turn which still uh still adds up yeah yeah And, and and what factions do you play uh, well, like I said, I started with that Ice Storm box, yeah. so I had Pano and Nomads, and I went with Pano from there. Uh, pretty quickly, though, I saw Alif and Steel Phalanx in particular. OSS mm. hadn't hadn't really shown up yet, mm. um, and so I, I dove in with the Greeks, and then I expanded to Vanilla Aleph, and at this point, uh, the pandemic, while, while it has been tragic and sad in a lot of ways it did mean i got a lot of models painted so i'm sitting on fully painted alf and both sectorials i got my pano entirely painted all of the sectorials although i haven't actually put winter four on the table yet yeah and then uh some na2 armies that are kind of you know white banner or uh white company obviously with all of the um the pano models already in it i just added a couple for yu ching and then i've also got um forco and drew's painted yeah. up yeah it's so easy to uh get more and more and and good for you yeah. good to, to get painting because my painting mojo is didn't do well in uh in uh in in, in, in the pandemic but it's yeah. it, it's it's slowly coming to me again so cool yeah i was um my my kids were born just over a year before the pandemic started, and so I found myself with a lot of downtime where mm-hmm. I could either sleep or become an insomniac and do a lot of painting, and I sort of did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> but so so that has meant I've got a lot of armies that I can play fully painted. I have dipped my toes into most of infinity uh, especially with tts i've been yeah. able to play um at least some of every army if not every sectorial so yeah. definitely assassins a lot of nomads there was about eight months or a year where i was playing iss in person although it wasn't entirely painted mm-hmm. and then uh yeah i think up next i'm gonna actually get some some more Yu Ching models painted and get uh, Deshot and Invincible Army done yeah. kind of congruently. Because Yu Ching is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's winning all the IGL, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Might as well jump on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so versatile. So, yeah, but let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about Steel Phalanx. Uh, yeah. That's why, uh, why we brought you on. Um right. So, uh, what what are your general thoughts on uh, Steel Phalanx? And probably before we start, uh, 
do you think it's the next it's the first one being pulled out of uh out of their pension as an out of print army and uh be the one in the starter in the next upcoming starter box you know i know there is a lot of chatter about it yeah and i think it's a strong possibility but i also have a wonder there have been some conversations or some hints in the lore about Aleph and O12 mm. having a presence on Paradiso together. So it's possible that it is Steel Phalanx and they'll show up in Code 1. Yeah. I also wonder if we'll see a lot of existing Aleph units coupled with a handful of O12 units in, uh, what is it, Bureau, Bureau, is it Bureau Noir or Bureau something? Uh, they got a lot of bureaus. Like, yeah, might be Aegis. Yeah, uh, I don't know. One of those they, they showing made, up on they, parody, so doing some fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 but, they made a lot of bureaus. Yeah. So you, if if you look at the fluff, you can probably come up with twenty sectorial. So, <laughs> right, right. But then I've also I also heard somebody mention uh, the possibility of Aleph and assassins maybe getting into it over who has a monopoly on the spice trade and i thought that seemed like a pretty intriguing hook for for bringing those two armies together in a yeah, box yeah 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 well like i would like to see that um yeah. i i put my money on that they will return steel phalanx she, yeah she, purely on that it has been such a popular faction uh, uh over the years and it was, right. on the one hand, weird that they got out of print, but on the one hand, yeah, the models got old. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but they, 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 yeah, uh, we 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 talked about it in the Father Corvus episode that they have made a Perseus, so there is a uh, a new way to make a Myrmidon. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. buy it either way. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I do. I, I am very fond of my Steel Phalanx models, but they certainly are aged compared to yeah. a lot of the newer ones. And I know Eudoros in particular uh, looks very potato-like compared to <laughs> some new sculpts. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I never got the the Steel Phalanx starter because uh, my my introduction to Steel Phalanx was that, that I traded it because in that... Mm. When I got the army in that time uh war machine was very popular in my local gaming group and i was okay. getting players from war machine into infinity so i thought it was only courteous to go try war machine on uh tried a few games hated it wanted to sell my troll bloods that i bought <laughs> um but then this guy was like uh, i want to focus on war machine more so I gave him my troll bloods. He gave me his steel phalanx. So that's how I got into. But he never got the starter. So ah. I was like, oh, sh should I buy the starter? Because it's going out of print. And then, yeah, like you said, looked at Judas and looked at the old ones and was like, do I do I paint myself with these guys just so I have them? Or just wait for them to return? And I chose the latter. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for what they're going to do. I think 
the models they've been producing lately have been really good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm excited for what the new look will be. Even if they keep to like what they did with Hector and uh, some, but the Hector is one of the newer-ish uh, okay. units. Even if they get to that kind of, then I would, I wouldn't be, uh, I would be very happy. Uh, I gave yeah. away my Alter Killers and just used the the, the one they made it uh, as a, as a celebration of uh, how many years of making uh, uh, Infinity. Right. Right, I think that was the Those the ten quality. year, yeah, maybe ten fifteen. Year yeah, uh, yeah. I I have to admit I have held on to my old Achilles because early on when I was looking at artwork and and images for Infinity, that that pose and that model, you know, it's not a great sculpt, but the the pose is so dynamic, and I I just have a a place in my heart for it. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand. I have that with my with my tank hunter from <laughs> from Ariana. Now that yeah. there's a new one, I still didn't buy the new one because I'm still like, I got one. I still got one. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah. Let's let's talk about yeah. Let, let's. Uh, what's your general thoughts on uh, on on steel phalanx? Their 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 strengths and the weaknesses. What. Uh, uh, yeah. We mostly go through uh, throw it like the, with the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So mo uh, we mostly start off with 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 the good. Yeah. So I kind of broke this down as um, the good being things that Steel Feelings generally does well, and profiles that I I find particularly effective or efficient. The bad I went with stuff that the sectorial is missing because they. They are lacking in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. And then the bad I went with, or the ugly, I went with uh, profiles that I thought are tough to use. Uh -huh. um, so, so generally speaking, I think when Steel Phalanx got their N4 update, I don't think I could have been happier. Um, yeah. All of the characters getting shock immunity was fantastic. Uh, Eudoros in particular, I mean, he, everything about him got better. I think his CC got higher. He got uh, specialist operative. He got additional burst on his nano pulser. He was already a profile that I used a lot in N3. And then he just, yeah. he just got better and, yeah. and didn't, you know, it was great. Um, but yeah, overall, I think, the strongest things about Steel Phalanx are they've got a lot of models with high stats. Yeah. And that means dodging is almost always a good option. Uh, they've got smoke and eclipse all over the place, and they've got the stats to be able to use them reliably. Uh, there's a lot of uh, what used to be ODD and is now Mimetism minus six, mm -hmm. which means you get these exchanges where somebody catches your model that you've left out for ARO and they might be shooting you on sevens, and you can throw a clip smoke or or regular smoke on sixteens. Yeah, right. And just the fact that they can drain orders so effectively. Yeah. Uh, the characters I think are really strong, and then obviously having the Enematarkos fire teams means that they are very order efficient. You can always bring a gunfighter, a specialist, and a couple other models that can act almost as ablative armor for your important pieces. And you can move them all as a unit that can accomplish 
any part of the mission or kill a lot of different things on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I've, 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 I've had my experience with and against Steel Phalanx and the amount of times that they slipped out of my fingers with Eclipse smoking do- yeah. or dodging with such high physiques or throwing on such high physiques while you're, like you said, hitting them on sevens. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's their defense um, to keep them alive. Yeah. And very essential to the, to the army. Um, so I guess uh, usually you guys uh, go through profiles. Um, I was going to try to not go through everything, but sort of lump some things together that have similarities and, and speak to where those are strong and, and where I see them fitting within the faction. Yeah, so so obviously the Enomotarkos teams are are a big center point for Steel Phalanx. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on basic rules, but I think it's just worth noting uh it's a fire team it can be up to four models they have to be the same type of model with the exception of wild card so you can either have a myrmidon enematarkos a thoracotai enematarkos or a dactyl enematarkos mm-hmm. and that can be anywhere from two to four members yeah and at least one of the models has to have the skill listed which is almost always a character yeah um and so when when you have that team uh, usually what I'll try to do with it is put at least one gunfighter that can shoot out past 16 inches. I want to make sure that every Enomatarkos I put on the table has Eclipse because MSV can be really problematic if I don't have a way to get around it. Yeah, it does away with all the advantages that you have, yeah. Right. I want to make sure at least one model has that mimetism minus six. So in a Thoracotai team, I like to bring either uh, Thrasimedes, the character with the light rocket launcher, Mm -hmm. or Hippolyta, because she's a wild card now. Yeah. And then uh, I always want to have a specialist there as well. And so when I've got a fire team like that, I can engage in close combat under cover of Eclipse. I can... Uh, engage in a shooting confrontation where I've got a minus six mod that I'm applying to my opponent. I can throw a clips and just pass by something that I don't think I can reliably win a fight. Mm -hmm. And so it means whenever I'm spending orders, I'm moving toward the objective and potentially uh, eliminating enemy models that are going to be problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've always seen it as Steel Phalanx is the moving army. It's. Uh, it's going. Yeah. yeah, it's not not going to sit on its ass. It's going to go up close and personal and having all the, uh, uh, the, the stuff to do that uh, effectively. Yeah, right. Um, and this is this is sort of where um, Eudora stands out for me as as one of my favorite characters because he is a gunfighter past 16 inches. He's got the Mark 12. Mm-hmm. He has number two, which means he can throw out a chain rifle Myrmidon to go suicide itself and drop templates on things. And then the fire team remains intact. Uh, and he is a specialist now. Yeah. And so he also, he has a clip. So he fulfills by himself all of the things that I want in an Enomotarkos team. So then I can just put whatever other flavoring I want to be in it next to him. Yeah. Solid units, yeah. To keep, uh, to keep the team team together, yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, obviously, Machion, 
I've used a lot. He's an old favorite, a whip 15 doctor who can also be your lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myrmidon officers with chain of command. I I have one in most of my list because it's a specialist, a good gunfighter, good at close combat. The boarding shotgun brings eclipse, and it's a specialist who, uh, you know, Steel Phalanx's lieutenant is very often at the front of your army. Yeah engaging in firefights and occasionally you lose it to a crit so having chain of command is a really nice you know insurance to have yeah. with you yeah it's a backup I, I, when i make my list um, he mostly gets in as well because yeah lieutenant can uh, i like to uh, ajax as lieutenant or Mahon, and they, yeah they, they go in yeah yeah and you know eventually they'll go down uh, yeah. a focused opponent shooting at them for long enough or uh outnumbering them in close combat with some cheap war bands eventually mm-hmm. you'll you know eventually you'll lose a roll and go down yeah yeah it happens <laughs> um so that's sort of the the way i approach the animatarcos teams yeah. uh most lists i bring two of them sometimes i'll do one and, and try to use some other solo models but usually it's two teams one that i'm going to be really aggressive with early on yeah. and then one that i try to save for the end of the game to do cleanup and finish pushing buttons and you know win the mission yeah yeah actually do the stuff uh you got the one that has the cameras on it and the one that actually has to do the work right right <laughs> exactly um i I have to also mention Atalanta. Obviously, mm-hmm. she is um, something special, right? A BS-15 MSV-2 sniper with total reaction and marksmanship. She yeah. essentially has all of the bonuses that make her a defensive MSV-2-linked sniper. Yeah. Obviously, she doesn't bring six cents, so there are ways to get around her. But she is a really significant threat. I think a, a a mistake that I've made way too many times is to put her up early to contest a fire lane, and mm-hmm. then she dies, and I've lost 44 points. But if I can be patient with her and wait until I've cleared out a couple of those initial assault pieces that my opponent has, she becomes incredibly valuable because if they've lost their big HMG that's leading the link team, if I've managed to take that guy down... When Atalanta stands up, my opponent has a lot fewer options for dealing with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, mostly you, you, you're gonna go either two ways. It's like uh, try to avoid her any way you can. But if she's high up, I've I've been on boards where I just had like like this one lane that I could safely walk through, and the rest was Atalanta dominated. Yeah. And I yeah, or just go. Well, there are two 18s, but I'm bringing in five 16s, so let's go. Let's just rip, right. yeah. Right, and, you know, she only has one wound, and so yeah. eventually she'll lose that roll and she'll go down. Yeah. But if she's if she's up late game when, when your opponent is a little bit on the ropes, she can really lock down a table and make it real hard for your opponent to accomplish their objectives and yeah, move yeah, where yeah. they want to go. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Penthesilia, she got a pretty significant update with N4 as well. Uh, shock immunity, bioimmunity, and now this season with being able to claim cover, 
I think mm-hmm. she is she is a, a real premier assault piece. I yeah. know that she's only got a combi rifle, so she's not punching through armor uh, with her gun, but she does have the monofilament close combat weapon, which can be really nice against any tag that's not a Guija or uh, Oyori. Yeah. Yeah, especially in in this uh, and it's yeah we we did an episode on bikes, bikes, bikes. It's Pentacilia, not Hippolyta. I made right. this mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, her 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 uh, uh, in, in this day and age where especially where your opponent tries to hide uh, from from the, your uh, when you got your first turn, people tend to hide first instead of yeah. setting up arrows. And she's with her eight six. Uh, can can race up the board if you di- did not put up any arrows. She can be very dangerous with her cover now and minus six and. Ooh. Yeah, she'll she'll get there. Yeah. Um, and I I know that there's been a lot of conversation about who should try to claim cover and who shouldn't, and I I am firmly in the camp that frenzy is a disadvantage. And that cover is really good. Mm-hmm. And all, even when I've got an eight-point motorized bounty hunter, I'll usually pick cover. Even uh, when I played to shot, you know, at this point, I, I haven't yeah. started putting it on the table very much. But I've played against a lot of bikes where, where my opponents have decided to take cover, even on those very short-range bikes that use templates. And the difference between shooting a model that can't get cover with a combi rifle and shooting a model that's got mimetism and cover and can throw smoke, those exchanges go from being, you know, pretty reliable that you can you can kill that model to almost guaranteed that the bike is going to be able to survive. Yeah. So I I I will. There are very few cases where I would actually choose to keep the impetuous order because a good opponent will be able to prevent you from using that order to advance well. Yeah. And, you know, so I found probably probably four out of five or nine out of ten times when I have the impetuous order, I'm not going to use it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm also finding it out, especially with, yeah, being, bikes being a big profile, uh, pro, uh, yeah, being a bit, big silhouette on the board. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's uh, it's far. Yeah, even for the smaller ones, like when we did the bikes episode, we we came out like maybe the the cheapest of the cheap bikes uh, go mm-hmm. well without uh, without uh, impetuous, but uh, yeah. or yeah, uh, yeah, it's it 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 makes the gunfight. Yeah, the, the the modifiers. It's it's and and getting armor extra armor uh, makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean the uh, the the coom rider with the rifle. Yeah, it before this season it was a profile that I would never have considered, but suddenly, I mean that can that can engage things really well. Uh, it's only BS eleven, but it's got mimetism and cover, meaning that even models that don't have those modifiers that are BS thirteen yeah. are at a disadvantage. Yeah, I I engage you with with fox trots and chassers, and they have the same same. Right. Uh, uh, gun situation uh after they get out of their marker state so yeah. this guy racing across the field yeah i would do it yeah yeah um so i guess uh the next model i want to highlight real briefly is uh andromeda 
Yeah. Uh, it was very exciting at the tail end of N3 when she went from being kind of a waste of space to uh, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Guard is uh, better than it needs to be. As someone who has played with and against Andromeda, I I think it's a little bit gimmicky in the way it sits now. I'm I'm glad that it's that she has a role and that she can do yeah. stuff. And and I don't think she's infallible, right? She if you shoot her outside of eight inches, she'll go down pretty quick. Yeah. But but she is exceptionally good at alpha striking yeah. as she sits right now. Yeah, for sure. It's it's the funny, it's it's also what I got with, with Axie and McNeil, which I use a lot. Yeah. Um but I'm always tending to yeah, these units are very good the superior uh, superior infiltration, but I I'm a guy that tends to go second, so I'm like what mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, you get in a real situation of, of keeping those alive. Yeah. Yeah, she she struggles if if you go second because yeah. she is a big base, she doesn't have a marker state, and your opponent will see her and very much want to take her out because she will yeah. be a problem if they don't. Yeah, pain in the ass so guaranteed in the in the next in your next active day or turn, so Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I like to think of her as a plan A where I also have a really good plan B. Which can be found in in, in uh, Steel Phalanx, so yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think it's worth mentioning Achilles and Ajax. They're both fantastic heavy infantry. I they they can be the spearhead of any attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, the way hacking is now, they can run into problems against particular lists, but. Yeah. They've got stealth, which gives them a little bit more flexibility. Uh, I really like the the new Achilles duoed with Akmon because they bring an extra order with Akmon's tactical awareness. Uh-huh. Achilles can outshoot just about anything on the table. I mean, even a Kamau sniper, if you get if you manage to get Achilles within uh, sixteen inches. Achilles shoots on 12s and the Kamau is shooting on two dice on 13 and he's got enough armor that he can he can take a bad roll and and yeah. you know eventually win that exchange. Yeah. Uh, and then if you do get surprised by a, a hidden deployment hacker, Akmon's there to pick him back up and then once Achilles can make a face-to-face roll against that hacker, it's probably over pretty quick. Yeah, I never thought of that duo, but yeah, now you, you yeah, if you if you get in a situation of getting isolated or immobilized, yeah, it's good to have an engineer around. Yeah. So yeah. Cool way of using him. Right. And then it, it also becomes a, a very efficient duo because you've got the gunfighter, you've got the specialist, so you can yeah. move towards accomplishing the mission, clear the way with Achilles, and then once you've pushed the button push a little farther and Achilles and, and Akmon are both durable enough. That they, they take quite a few orders to, to really dig out. Yeah. And, and I've had some luck with that. Um, and Ajax works a really, you know, really similarly. And he actually functions in, if you replace him in that duo, instead of Achilles, Ajax plus Akmon, that's a really good compact and, you know, 30 point, 20, 20 point cheaper team. Yeah. And they can, 
push the buttons and got the extra order. If you put Ajax with forward deployment, he can still be linked and you have some extra room to get him up into a really good starting position mm -hmm. and he can drag those models along behind him. I had my last battle against Ajax. He just won sheerly on his physics 16 and being oh, yeah. able to dodge anything that came his way. Yeah. And, and, and being a two wound uh, and no wound decapitation. So it takes a lot. It takes a while to kill him. Yes. Yeah. And this is, I guess he's another example with um, that conversation about bikes where I know some players like to take him solo. And obviously in vanilla, if you take him, he's going to be impetuous. Yeah. But I, if I bring him, I always want him to at least be in a team with one other model. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to have him bring a specialist and a 16 point Myrmidon with so that I have some smoke I can throw. But cover is such a huge bonus to him because you know that armor five is really good but if you're out in the open if you don't have the benefit of cover a combi rifle will take him out pretty reliably if he fails his dodge hmm. yeah you, you you want that armor five to go to armor eight and then be yeah and then damage yeah damage of, of a uh, a combi rifle it, it, it you need sixes to get through right uh, uh so yeah that makes him, yeah, hefty. Right. Um, there's only really only a couple more profiles I want to highlight. Mm -hmm. um, Diomedes and Ekdromoy, as uh, you know, Steel Phalanx sort of presents as a faction that doesn't have much in the way of forward deployment or infiltration, right? We've mm -hmm. got Andromeda and Thrasymedes and now Ajax, which was another big uh, N4 update. But I like to think of Ekdromoy as uh, hidden deployment infiltrators, right? Obviously, it's not exactly the same um, because, you know, it's it's a little riskier trying to land on the table right where you want to be. And, yeah. you know, walking on the side is always a, is often a really good option. But I like that they've got a 25-point hacker. Uh, chain rifles aren't great guns for a hacker, but I've definitely used the hacker to, to come in on a flank behind a tag and, and lock it down and then you know, get into close combat with it. So even even if I don't have the orders to kill it, my opponent has to contend with a uh, martial artist in close combat with it when they retake it. Um, yeah. And that can be a really big, you know, a really big order sink for them to get out of. Yeah, I've, I've, I've not really considered them, but now that, yeah, two wounds uh, or two wound-ish, Kind of right. Uh, oh yeah, Diomedes. Diomedes. Yeah. Uh, being able to take those risky moves where yeah. you run across a gap and somebody is shooting a combi rifle at you at long range, and and you know less less so now because of the crit mechanic, but there's there's a real good chance that you just don't take a wound and you can keep going, or even if you do take a wound, you can still yeah uh, push on and and do some damage with him before he goes down. Take that one hit take that risk and then be in a position to really, uh, uh, get, yeah, outflank your opponent. Yeah. Um, Thrasimedes, I think I mentioned, um, I really like him as a flexible wild card to put in a link team, especially because he brings mimetism to Thrakatai teams where they don't have it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Therakatai in general, uh, I think they're really good corner guards and order batteries. And I know a lot of players, 
really like them. I I tend to not run them very much because I do really like the 16-point Myrmidon profile. Mm-hmm. And and most of my fire teams are usually going to be Myrmidon teams because I want to take advantage of those mods, the smoke, um, and really be able to to utilize their advantages. And and I think Thrakatai can do really well. Um, in you know in in my dream, if when they re- bring back Steel Phalanx, I would love Thrakatai to get a core fire team because uh, that the BS12 HMG, it's nice, but it's real often not enough, right? Yeah, Just BS12 without any modifiers, without any ability to remove modifiers, can can struggle to to land hits and get damage on targets. Yeah, yeah well, I've, I've found that mostly units with 360, it, uh, it doesn't matter that much. But for Terracotai, I think it matters because, because of the nature of, of, of Steel Phalanx going forward, uh, and being able to have units that can still uh, cover more corners than you expect from a unit that only has a 180 vision. Yeah. Um, uh, like, yeah, mostly to, to counter uh, uh, a link team is to get the jump on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the Rocket Eye, there's, there, yeah, they, they see you coming. Uh, yeah. That's what makes them have a that that's what gives them a bit of a more an advantage over the over the regular Mimmerdons and them being uh yeah having more specialists to our uh and cheaper specialists uh is is their advantage too so yeah i i mostly love it to make a second team of the record who who can do the do the mission and uh and still have a way of, of, of covering themselves while uh, being yeah, overstretched in, uh, closer towards the opponent and see things coming from uh, from different angles. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I, I really like them as an Enema Tarkos team with Hector because that 360 visor is really nice to give him a little extra coverage if you're playing yeah. Firefight where your opponent is trying to assassinate your lieutenant, which Hector's already really hard to kill anyway. And mm-hmm. then if you add the 360 visor protection, it, it gives him a little more insurance and a little more survivability. Yeah, for sure. Um, the last sort of little thing I wanted to mention is... Uh, Steel Phalanx has AVA four on the on the little buddy bots, the Yud bots. Mm. Uh, it used to be that you could put as many Yud bots as you wanted onto one model, but I think now we're limited to two. Yeah. But I I do really like Machion as a solo piece with one Yud bot stashed in the deployment zone to do doctoring, yeah. and the other one to run run alongside him because he, is, he be can't. a combat body. Yeah. Right, right. Because yeah. if you get both of them into close combat, Machion gets a burst bonus. The little guy can clear out mines and crazy koalas and glue and, and all of that. And it's just a really useful little thing to be able to do with a character that can already kind of do everything pretty well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a, a good a good combination to... Uh, uh, I, I, I used it with, uh, with my... Um, in the Ikari, you can have an Irmandino with a, with a, with a bot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good yeah. way to if you have a, a, that kind of engineer or or uh, or uh, or doctor with uh, with good close combat skills, it's good to bring bring your robot help. You think yeah, it's, 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 it's the orderly that uh, holds the <laughs> holds all the knives and stuff for for operation, but it can also fight. <laughs> right. I think um, 
Oh, what's the new the new engineer uh, who just came out? She Fiddler. rides the Fiddler. Fiddler. Yeah, yeah, I think Fiddler's got uh, some real potential to be. I mean, she's already got all of those little Vulcan shotguns that are following her around. But yeah. if you want to destroy something in close combat, you bring a a Palbot with and get two of her bots into close combat, bring her in, and she's already got a burst bonus on CC. So even though her numbers aren't that high, if she's rolling three or four or even five dice, yeah, uh, that would be, you know, that's going to get hits through and do some damage. Yeah, CC of 18 and then six hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good combat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's really all I wanted to touch on for the good, I mm-hmm. think. It's a it's a fun army. I think they they bring efficiency, high stats, good modifiers. Yeah, and I think there are some real standout profiles. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, they are the true the true elite, and uh, and they 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 go in guns blazing. And that's yeah. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, then Steel Phalanx is the army for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I but- I do guess actually. Um, N4 has been a really big benefit to them from my experience and the way I play them. Because typically in N3, my biggest problems were not against those big shooters and those big Alpha Strikers. The biggest problems I had were things like infiltrating grunts, mm-hmm. Daylami, and then cheap warbands. Those yeah. models that are that are good at trading up. Yeah. Because every time one of those models would trade up. I'm losing out in a really big way. Yeah. But now, because everybody's at a 15 order cap, I see a lot fewer cheap warbands infiltrating grunts and Daylami. And and they so are those... there, but they're not not in the quantity that you you, you face with a 20 armor. Like like there are one or yeah, right. there are Imandinos, but they're two, and like or there are Highlanders, but they're mostly two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I'll, I'll typically see one two maybe three of those models across the table and and that's a number i can deal with um when when my opponent's rolling four infiltrating grunts and there's uh, a couple um cowboys in the middle of the table that can become a real problem but if it's only if it's only two of them and they don't always take that risk to do the over infiltration because they can put them in the middle of the table it's a threat that's much more manageable yeah yeah for sure yeah, mostly from um, from my Ariadna perspective, it's yeah you, you're dealing with hefty mimetism minus six high physique units that uh, you have very much trouble uh, trying to hit. So just going in and send flamers uh, and and hope for the best is yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, a, it's a good the, strategy, the, the 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 good way to go. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's it's only fair to have that minimized, and uh, yeah, I for one love the fifteen model count because it gives you uh, yeah that you're not just fighting with with only uh, chaff and not not much else, right? Right. So it makes for funner engagement. If well, yeah, it's it it makes your life of a steel phalanx player easier, but it also gives it more of a challenge. And in the end, I. I like it that they're, the the armies are more balanced out this way and uh, come closer together. Yeah, yeah I, I do actually really like that. I think my gut reaction to it was to be wary, but after playing it for a year, I, I think it was the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so 
you know, all of these good things, Steel Phalanx does have some some weaknesses and some gaps. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put those in the bad. Uh, most notably, when you're playing Steel Phalanx, if you're not playing with the Mercenaries add-on, you have no access to camouflage or marker states at all. There are no mines that you're putting down. No. There's There's literally nothing but the models you put on the table. Yeah. And so this means that your opponent knows what's going on the table. I mean, you know, Patroclus can disguise himself a little bit, but usually uh, if your opponent is aware of, of how much things cost generally, it's it's pretty clear when a 50-point model doesn't show up on the table. Yeah. And uh, it means that it can be very hard to insulate your important pieces from things like smart missiles or hackers or uh, if you're playing against toha pharaoh wear yeah. because you can't you can't build that layer of deployables or models that show up out of nowhere into your defense yeah yeah that's more yeah that's those kind of units are mostly in oss so it's really yeah they re- you really take the you really leave them at home that you could cover yourself with post uh, post humans or or, right. or dice shoes or whatever that uh, uh, and nagas that lay mines. Uh, you're 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 clearly without those dudes helping right. you out in this situation. Right. So you are you are on the table. Your opponent knows exactly what you have, and they can plan accordingly without you know having to worry about surprises along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that 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 weakness is mitigated by the fact that. You, you're going to be able to have a lot of sixth sense on the table because you mm. yeah. four members of your Enomatarkos, and it's a lot of high stats and mods, but it is a vulnerability to be aware of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the fact that Aleph in general only has one tin bot is really surprising to me. I think Steel Phalanx is a little less surprising, but the fact that the army that is created by the AI and, and functions a lot with Infowar and has a lot of hackers, doesn't have a tin bot at all, yeah. uh, is is odd. Um, you know, it's good that they value Hector enough to put one on him, but yeah. I, I'm surprised that you don't see, you know, some way of getting one on Achilles or Ajax. Yeah, it's it's probably because they're the out-of-print army that the new units get them new, but they, they're not... I think they... Did not deep dive that much with their uh, mechanics and philosophy on how to defend uh, heavy infantry against against hackers. Uh, yeah. With this army being uh, being an older army and just getting a update. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just should have if 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 a simple invincible invincible army dudes. <laughs> Can bring uh, some no-name dudes. Can bring Tinbots. Then why not Achilles or right. who you want to have alive? But yeah, that would make him crazy good as well. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I I do think it's actually more surprising that the Dakini Fire Team can't bring a Tinbot. Um, yeah, in OSS, they are bots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they are bots. They are vulnerable to hacking. Yeah. One would imagine that Alif would think, "Hey, maybe I should protect my investment." But you yeah. know, it is what it is. Mm. <laughs> um, the uh, 
AVA one on their baggage bots is, I don't know if that really counts as a weakness, but it is sort of a, a thing that's missing. Most armies will have uh, AVA two on those. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've also got the the seven point um, flash pulse bots and, and net rods. So it's not yeah. the end of the world. Uh, and then Steel Phalanx does have a little bit of trouble projecting long-range threats. Yeah. Now, obviously, Atalanta is fantastic. Phoenix is amazing. Uh, but both of them are low bursts. And so they're, the the total reaction bot is an option for an HMG. And the Thoracotai is an option for an HMG. But none of them, neither of them can actually get the you know, that core linked BS 15, 16, 17 HMG, where you're really just knocking heads down, right? Where your opponent sees it and goes, oh, I got to put everybody down because that thing's just going to kill anything in an engagement, right? Uh, Phoenix is strong, but if your opponent has MSV, he's not quite as good. And Atalanta is great, but if your opponent has Albedo or White Noise, she can be avoided pretty easily. Yeah. Still, though, uh, you need to pack those and not many armies yeah. in them. So I still think uh, you're, you're still good with Atalanta. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, she's she's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but it does mean if she if she takes a bad role, you can find yourself with a lot of short range guns pretty quickly. And yeah, so yeah. that's why that's why I'm always leaning on that Eclipse just to make sure that I've got options. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Huh. Like, like, um. Like, is, are these, like, weaknesses you, like, you, you would see changed? Or, like, well, that's the flavor of Steel Phalanx, and um, that's how we roll with them. Like Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. I, I love that this sectorial still has a lot of those shortcomings. I remember... Yeah. I, I feel like there has been a move by CB to give newer sectorials access to more of the suite of skills and and combinations yeah uh as as they're going on right if if you look at uh white banner i mean that's an army that it 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 has everything right there there's yeah. very little that you can do in vanilla yuxing that you can't do in white banner yeah um winter four you know they're lacking with with camouflage um a little bit but mm-hmm. other than that They've got just about everything Pano has to offer. Um, I guess they don't have AD either, do they? Um, no, no. But, you know, when when you look at what NCA had in N3, they didn't have any infiltrators. Uh, the only thing you could deploy outside the deployment zone was one Garuda and a Peacemaker, which which doesn't create a really strong midfield presence. And no. so the, the, the model of NCA was they will shoot from the deployment zone better than any other army, Yeah, but they're going to have to slog across the table. And I think Steel Phalanx still has that kind of built in. I mean, NCA still has a lot of that, but Steel yeah. Phalanx is built to be a specific army. They are a shock army. They have, uh, you know, expensive and well-trained troops who are going to hit really hard and they don't bring a lot of extra stuff with them. And I think it's, it's fun and flavorful. And I, I don't know that I would want to play Steel Phalanx as much if, if they had all of this and then also brought, um, you know, a big heavy infantry corps linked HMG, because that doesn't, it doesn't that, fit with who they are. That, no, no, that's not how they roll. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's 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 also fun as 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 a player to have like okay, I have to mitigate these weaknesses and have to come up with an all yeah. new strategy like, uh, like with these and but also with the Spiral Corpse has the same stuff like they're like yeah yeah you got this neat uh, uh, you can make these different different groups you can mi- mix and match these groups but uh, you're 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 leaving out the HMG so. Uh, good mm-hmm. luck uh, trying to uh, do it with uh, with with other dudes and uh, see how how that goes. Yeah, yeah, so. and I, you know, I I think new sectorials still do have limitations, but I yeah. I do feel like they've been lessened a little bit over time. Yeah. It's mostly that they, le- yeah, the like if you go with Ariana, like you have to. If you go vanilla, you have the full gamut of, of 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 infiltrators, so you can choose the best one. While in a sectorial, you do only end up with a Foxtrot or a Strelok or a uh, Chasseur. Right. Still, they're badass. So, uh, in, oh, yeah. in, in any any case, so uh, you, uh, then you do do not miss out that much. Um, so you, you you get a weaker version of, but still you get that version. So you get a weaker HMG. You cannot choose. The best HMG unit uh, that your vanilla has to offer, but it's yeah. still a good one and 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 gets better because of putting it into a link team. So yeah, it's yeah. yeah I, I would probably say uh, go back more with creating sectorials like like the good old days where you have like these clear weaknesses to overcome because it's probably far more a challenge for a player. Yeah, uh, far yeah. more flavorable yeah. in the end. I, I do think um, Ariadna captures that that move really well because if you look at the difference between uh, Merovingia and Caledonia as compared to TAC and especially Cosmoflot, yeah, the the tactical flexibility that Cosmoflot brings is is really incredible. They yeah. they have everything Ariadna's got to offer. I mean, obviously, you can't bring you know nine or ten infiltrators because you don't have that many but the infiltrators they've got are very good uh and they have good war bands they have good linkable gunfighters yeah. with with mimetic mods and and caledonia you know they've really got chasseurs and dogs and then the what's the the one linkable guy who goes into the volunteer team and i think those are the mainstays of that army and they they have to be you know you have to be really creative with how you employ those to yeah. to leverage them to get to get what you need done. Yeah, yeah. But in the meanwhile, the the the, the mechanics get the flavor across of the French of being forward deployment uh, fast yeah. units, but also not have much staying power and uh, not being the true elites that uh, everyone else is. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's yeah. I, I'm now playing Cosmoflot for a while now. Ever since I I done the episode on them, and I've been mm-hmm. unbeaten <laughs> ever since, <laughs> just for the sheer ferocity that it brings. Um, but still, somehow lacking yeah. in the flavor department. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, it's it's CB. It's good to look at how you did it in the days of old. And <laughs> yeah, I I have a feeling that uh, some big adjustments are going to come with the update to fire teams. I yeah. think I think we're going to see. My my suspicion is that we'll see 
the the mix and matching of of wild cards and and your core units you won't get as many bonuses i think we're going to see if you want to get all of those six cents and plus three ballistic skill i think you're going to need to bring a fire team of you know if you're playing pano for example a fire team of orcs to get all of those bonuses or a fire team of fusiliers which which i think will be you know and they may not go that direction but I heard a couple comments from Carlos in some of his videos, and that's that's sort of what I think they might be going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that would be good for the health of the game. Yeah. Like that you have a choice between, do I bring a mix so I can do anything when I'm going right. up? Or do I go like pure these five dudes that have lesser options but get the other bonuses? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've I've got some friends who are like ditch the ditch the link themes altogether. <laughs> like <let's, laughs> vanilla is the way to to play this game. Oh like, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's not a honestly for Steel <laughs> Phalanx. I think the the best thing that link teams do is uh, mean that you're you're getting the cost reduction of frenzy, but you don't have to deal with the the downsides of it. <laughs> And that's that's their selling point, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, six cents is is obviously fantastic, but being mm-hmm. able to keep cover with with Achilles, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. let's go. Uh, we still have got the, the ugly to cover, so uh, yeah. Have you have put any any units uh, or or strategies or whatever in the ugly uh, section. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, big picture, I think the biggest thing that I identified for Steel Phalanx is their hacking game. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they don't really have killer hackers. I know that Skilla has access to Trinity, which mm-hmm. is fine, but she doesn't get the, the marker state that comes with it. Um, she's just got a regular hacking device or an Evo device that has Trinity and, and it's Trinity with a, a, boosted damage i think so it or maybe it's the minus three i don't know it's it's trinity but better mm-hmm. um but steel phalanx doesn't have access to those infiltrating hackers that can stay hidden we don't have access to you know widespread tin bots to be able to protect those hackers yeah. and so really try and and uh, there are very few repeaters, right? Skilla and Thamaris both have pitchers, but there's yeah. no forward deployed repeaters of any kind. Yeah. And so it means that getting a, a network of repeaters to be able to utilize all of your hackers is not really feasible. And the Myrmidon hacker, well, Myrmidons are great. It is a a, a single wound BTS zero hacker. And yeah. so, you know, we don't have the cheap line infantry hacker that you can just check into a team, get six cents, be a cheap but annoying threat, and we don't have um, enough hackers to be able to spread them around. Yeah, I think Skilla is really good. She has uh, ECM built in and her two repeater bots. So she, on her own, is is a really strong hacker. Yeah. But if, yeah, if she's the only... On, uh, on Trinity, so... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think she can carry. She, I don't think she can carry hacking for an entire army. You need to yeah. be very selective about where you put yeah. her and and what you make her vulnerable to. Um, 
Yeah, obviously, it's like, like, do... like oh, Hakuslam yeah. hacks. Like you, you, yeah. got, you got the hackers, but you do not have the network. It's The hacker operates where it is at that moment in time and uh, not much else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I do still really like the Ectromai hacker, mostly because it stays off the table until you want to use it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, for the most part, I find that hacking just creates more vulnerabilities in my army for um, steel phalanx. Yeah, yeah, because uh, especially with hacker heavy armies, somehow you, it's not enough hacking to be protected against the hackers that you would face. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Other uh, uglies, um, and this is a weird one. I know this is a controversial one. I'll say it, and some players will go, what are you talking about? Um, Hector, for me, is is kind of in that ugly, that, like, tough to use. And there, there are settings where I really like Hector. When I'm playing Firefight, I think he's a great lieutenant to have. Uh, for zone missions where you need to dominate a, a combat zone or you need to put points in an area he's 60 what 69 points that you're dumping somewhere yeah um and then if you do want to do that single combat group getting up to 12 orders hector can do that for you and that is that is pretty intense when you've got achilles running around or ajax and you can spend even if your opponent strips orders you can still spend 10 or more orders on him that's really significant but and it's a big but for me he doesn't have any mods he's a 60 plus point model that you know people will talk about his x are being really good but if you're shooting somebody on tens it's probably not an engagement you want to be spending orders on no yeah right and you know obviously if a plasma hit gets through it's absolutely devastating but getting those hits through can be enough of a challenge that i feel like hector can often just sit there and and be a lot of points and if that's what you need from a mission great but if you want to get that you know achilles running around doing a lot of murder hector hector won't do that for you Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I am I'm I'm a bit of a, a, a team Hector myself, but I'm, yeah. I mostly played him in Starmada and in uh, in in O twelve. Uh, in right. in uh, uh, he he yeah the X Visor. I I mostly think that the X Visor is brought along so that he can throw grenades better or uh, chuck them further away. It's a it's yeah. a measure, uh, dis- distant measuring tool when he tries to uh, parable <laughs> this grenade uh, uh, over, a, <laughs> over a wall. Uh, right, perfect. Yeah, then it's like the, the, the uh, then, he, then he, he, he dumps the minus three to a zero so you can throw grenades at 16 inch, which is nice. Um, yeah, especially if you're yeah. in that, that five five member core team where yeah. you're getting that plus three bonus because then what he's checking them on 11s or something. Yeah. 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 If you're doing a speculative shot and that's, that's not bad. A 16 inch speculative shot on an 11. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's some dangerous grenades you cannot hide from. Right. So that's how I use his X visor, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, he is a expensive unit, but yeah, I also see him like it's a unit that brings three, three orders. So when yeah. you chop chop up the 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 well the sixty nine points that I mostly pay for him, 
then it's, mm-hmm. it, it comes around 20, 20, 23 points per uh, per order. Yeah, which is nice even for a uh, a uh, um, a lieutenant that can sit around and not be in the fight uh, uh, only at the last minute. Right, right, and he he does he does have that role, and I think in Starmada being able to go into a, a full five member core team is really yeah. significant because BS sixteen is yeah is different than bs13 right bs13 as soon as somebody's got mimetism uh he can he can get stuck in fights that he can't win and obviously the advantage of of the animatarkos is that you have other models in that fire team but if i'm putting hector and a phoenix or a eudoros in that team that's already more than 100 points for those two models and that it's a big bucket of eggs yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um but you know, I, I do think he has a place. I think he he is really good in that place. Um, but I I think he's he's a tough model because when you bring him, that is one or two other characters that you're not able to fit. Yeah. Um. And and he he is missing out on the smoke and the eclipse and the modifiers that Steel Phalanx are able to really bring to the table. Yeah. Um. Patroclus is another one that, uh, for me, he fits into that ugly. Um, I I had a very good relationship with Patroclus in N3. Yeah. He, he didn't have shock immune, but being able to just sort of zip past mines and koalas and and that 6-4 move, um, a long-skilled jump with, with six inches can get you a lot of places. Yeah. And, and I found that Using him with with Mim minus six and BS thirteen, he could win a lot of gunfights. Um, and you know, sometimes he'll just go down, right? He'll take that hit, and he's one wound, no wound in cap, and he just drops. But I've I've had him table armies in his old form. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heavy infantry, I think, it is it is a an interesting new direction they took him. Uh, but again, he's a forty plus point model that doesn't have a mod, um, and so. If you can leverage Hollow Projector really well, he can do a lot of work for you. But if your opponent is real savvy and and able to mitigate that, I think Patroclus can struggle to win those gunfights. Yeah. Uh, it's it's nice that he's got NCO and he's a specialist. Yeah. But um, I think he's he's a, a real tough model to get his worth out of him. Yeah, well, I've, uh, the 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 last time that I faced Patroclus, it was, well, Patroclus I faced before that. I faced him like in my early earliest days of of Infinity, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like, okay, I'm coming out of Hollow Projector. Uh, okay, and now it's a heavy machine gun with surprise attack, so yeah. it can be really devastating on the first first go, especially <laughs> if you weren't expecting uh, uh, Patroclus coming in. Uh, yeah. and him being a, or either a other dude and then all of a sudden have machine gun fire at surprise attack uh, comes yeah. in where he didn't expect it uh, so yeah yeah, you can be tricksy with him uh, mm-hmm. I think um, uh, but yeah I yeah, they, I, I think there, there are more units struggling uh, with the hollow projector and I think who have hollow projector and I still think that they need to revise the the holoprojector rule just to make these units uh, kind of interesting for the price 
that they come yeah. and pay for for this skill. Yeah, yeah, I think it it there are moments where it can be really useful, but it is it is one that's harder to leverage. Which yeah. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I think I think it could use a little bit of a boost. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so any other ugly units? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a couple. Real briefly, uh, Drakios and Skilla because of the lack of hacking support for Skilla, mm -hmm. and then Drakios is an expensive character who can't link in an army of characters. I think he's really good. I like Albedo. I like the fact that he brings three flamethrowers. Yeah. I've played him a lot in Shock Army, but I I have a harder time bringing him in Steel Phalanx. I think, I think his bots do present an interesting defensive option because mm -hmm. you can then place cheap flamethrowers to insulate stuff, but he is taking the slot of another character um, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. the issue that you get. If if everyone is in the forty point range, then you cannot take everyone. Right, yeah. right. Uh, Thamaris, I think, is is probably the only profile that I would consider actual garbage. Um, <laughs> I I I don't think he's good. He's a hacker. He's he starts in the deployment zone. He doesn't have a marker state. He doesn't really have a gun. He's got an assault pistol and flash pulse, and uh, he's kind of expensive for not being able to do much um without a repeater network he just sort of sits in the deployment zone and if you're spending orders on burst one pitchers uh it's you know there's there's a real good chance that you're gonna end up wasting orders and run out of pitchers and not get it where you need it to be when you compare him with the hackers that currently are up there uh yeah like, like jazz or something then this dude oh, yeah. is just way too expensive for what he does. Yeah, I, I if think he was the... like thirteen points or something, then it right. would be uh, like, oh, I got, I can fit in this little cheap hacker in a, in an army that's already very expensive. Let's let's bring right. him along. Right. I think um, I I don't think cross army comparisons are always the best, yeah. but I I do like to. In my head, I compare him to Uahu yeah. uh, from uh, Starco, where they have remarkably similar profiles. Both of them have no wound in cap. Both of them are armed with assault pistols. Uh, she is five or six points cheaper, and she's got a hacking device plus, and she's linkable as a wild card. I mean, she she is Thamaris, but better yeah. and cheaper. That's um, Yeah, and smaller. Less easy to hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the other two profiles to highlight, uh, just real briefly, Tuser. I think uh, he had a moment where he got that that weird marksmanship level X rule where he was really cool. Um, oh yes, but, I've used it one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you were shooting somebody on twenty three or something outrageous like that. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. great. Um, but. You know he's in the same army as Atalanta, and while he's got no wound in cap, she's she's a better shot. She is better for ARO. She's better for for shooting. Um, I think the fact that he's got a K1 sniper might actually be worth diving into, but I haven't actually put him on the table to see if it's worth it. Um, climbing plus is good, but again, he's super expensive, and Atalanta is available. Yeah. I had them used in tandem that they were both on the table and just domineering every fire lane that you can find. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be that'd be very interesting, but yeah. that's what like ninety points for the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rest was um, not that expensive. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're missing out on some of the really good characters then. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then dactyls. Um, dactyls are. 20 point doctors and engineers i think they're a little too expensive for whip 13 doctors and engineers uh there's so much high physique in steel phalanx that thoracotype paramedic is a really good option Mm -hmm. and then machion exists so that's an even better option um occasionally i will bring a dactyl doctor if i don't have machion in my list yeah other than that i i don't really you know, Akmon, he'll show up sometimes because he's a wild card and he's a two-wound guy. But yeah. um, for the most part, Dactyl Doctor occasionally, but uh, the Thoracotai Engineer is cheaper. Um, I'm not going to try to engage in gunfights with either of them. So it it doesn't matter that Thoracotai is frenzied. It doesn't matter that the um, Dactyl has Dogged. Although occasionally it's nice. You can take that hit, finish the turn, push the button, yeah. and then, you know. But... I don't know if it's worth another handful of points in an army that's already pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the last uh, ugly, I, I don't, it's, it's not that ugly. It's just sort of something I keep in mind when I'm playing them. Um, Ajax might be the best CC unit in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the other Myrmidons are good but they're they're kind of at the low end of cc specialists because the the myrmidons are cc 21 uh the characters are mostly cc 22 and so you get those those other war bands that are hitting 23 you get some characters that are hitting 23 or 24 so they're i think steel phalanx is really good at cc but if you have a character who's got martial arts and natural born warrior um then you can find yourself in a bit of a situation yeah. where uh, you you can get beaten pretty quickly with those martial arts mods. Yeah. Um, Thing is, though, you're coming in with a uh, link team, so if you if you play your oh, moves yeah. right, uh, I've been in a situation where it was like Ajax and three other guys just oh, kicking yeah. someone to shit with like so many attacks so many hits like like four yeah. and then then three armor saves for each i was like rolling 12 dice at, <laughs> at some point i was like okay yeah, this, this, this this one is getting pounded right. in the in this alleyway <laughs> yeah ajax on his own might be the best cc model in the game ajax yeah. is a fire team uh i think actually beats out the uh uberfall commando at that point yeah 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 um you know he he's phenomenal. I mean, an explosive. What is he up to? Damage eighteen yeah. on his close. I mean, it's it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just just stacking up the damage, getting high. No, well, if if Ajax is physics sixteen, so and then he gets, uh, yeah, and then he gets like like if if he gets three other dudes. Uh, to fight with him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's up to twenty-one. Yeah, it's like, it gets crazy. Yeah, <laughs> just remove <laughs> whatever <Right>. was there. <laughs> Take it off the table. Yeah. 
I don't care, you're a Jotun, just take it away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's you know, that's it. That's yeah. all I've got for yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. bad and the ugly. But that that makes it interesting because we were, we're naming all these 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 crazy characters with crazy amounts of points, uh, and then you have to fit it all into a three hundred point list. Uh, yeah. So what makes it into your list? Um, I usually find my my target is two Animatarkos teams and one solo operator. Mm-hmm. Is is usually kind of how I think about it. My Animatarkos teams will typically, I, I talked about a little bit earlier, but I'll look for one gunfighter, Eclipse, yeah. a specialist, and I, I always try to get to four. Sometimes I'll, I'll have a team of three. And then my solo operator, it sort of depends on what I want to do with that list. So Atalanta is certainly featured in a lot of them. Yeah. Sometimes uh, Diomedes is a lot of fun. He can get in the backfield and and he's really nice because he is uh i think one or two points cheaper than atalanta if you're talking about the total reaction version yeah and so they're real easy to switch out if you want to take a list that you like and just do a direct swap yeah. to, to try something different no defense just hard offense here here's the right. immediate yeah right and then uh penthesilia kind of fits a similar Thing. She's a little cheaper. I think she's down to like 37 points or something. I mean, I got army in front of me. Yeah, 37 points, which gives you a little more room to add an extra order or, you know, bring that uh, forward deployed Ajax instead of the the one who's not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, adding one of those solo pieces um, to give myself some flexibility where I don't have to commit an entire Enematarkos team to an attack. Yeah. 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 So, sometimes uh, there's just, just, yeah, well, well, what I find in games and what, what makes it. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly a vanilla player at heart, and sometimes it's just easier to get one unit across a, across right. the field instead of one guy in a conga line of dudes. Uh, right. So, yeah, it's, it's good to have this one operator that at least can work on their own while your uh, teams are as, elsewhere. Yeah, and it's it is nice that Steel Fillings has a good selection, and they're all in that thirty-five to forty-five point range. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but most of them. And so it's real it's real easy to build a core list that you like, put that one solo unit, and then experiment with different ones and and see what what works for your play style or what works for a mission or against a particular army. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll talk through a couple lists. I, I, I brought probably too many with, but I'll just sort of mention a couple that uh, I particularly like. Mm-hmm. Um, first, because I feel like someone would yell at me if I don't mention it, uh, there's there's this list archetype that's been floating around on, on Discord and probably on the forum, although I haven't been there in quite some time. Oh, yeah. And I'll see it pop up on Facebook sometimes, uh, which is the, the big boy list um Uh and i'm i'm blanking on the name of the the guy who uploaded it first but essentially you put the ap spitfire achilles and duo with akmon you bring hector ajax phoenix and machion as your enema tarkos 
And then you've got four slots left for two net rods and two flashbulb spots. <laughs> and that brings you to 300 points. It's just Avengers Assemble. That's what you get. <laughs> it, yep, it is. It is all of the big boys in Steel Phalanx together in one list. Yeah. Um, I, I seem to remember uh, John over at Late Night War Game uh, or um, Bromat Academy. Somebody challenged him to play that list. He tried it out. He had he had a great time with it. I think it can be a lot of fun to play. Um, it is not the way I usually choose to play Steel Phalanx, where I'm putting all of my eggs in <laughs> in so few baskets uh, because you have six models, and if they go down. There are no other options. I mean, they're they're very durable. They're very good. They have high stats. They've got mods. They are very survivable. But if an opponent is able to leverage some MSV and get good angles and and get you a bad range, like that that army can can fold pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy fun. Like, well, my opponent has only six models, <laughs> but, but, but look at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and even after your opponent strips two orders, if you're going first, you've still got 11 orders to move Achilles around and do damage on the first turn, which is absurd. Um, so so that's one I, I don't usually lean into. Um, this first list that I put together is one that I played over the summer. Uh, there were a number of events that I took Steel Phalanx to, and this list... I think there were a couple of iterations I, I ran through, but this is the one I sort of ended on, and I I really liked. Yeah. I I won two different events with it, and I think I played this list a total of eight or nine games, and I think I won every every one of those games. Um, I have it recorded in Comlog, and it's sort of this little beacon of pride that I can look back <laughs> on when I when I when somebody wipes me off the table. This is my ultimate list. Right, my right. magnus opus. <laughs> so, so my my first combat group is two Animatarkos teams, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the group has a Probot and two Net Rods to to just be orders so that I get up to ten. Yeah. So my first team is Phoenix uh, with a heavy rocket launcher, a Myrmidon officer with a boarding shotgun and Eclipse, yeah. a Myrmidon with a combi rifle, and then a Myrmidon with a chain rifle. This team generally is defensive for the first part of the game. Sometimes I will put Phoenix up at the very beginning. Often everybody's down on the ground. They're covering corners and, and everybody's looking at each other, but far enough away that they're not going to get hit by a missile or a grenade. Um, the second team is Eudoros is my lieutenant. Akmon is a wild card. And then a Myrmidon with a chain rifle. And yeah. so it is actually only three members. Yeah. But this is the team that I get aggressive with first. And Eudoros with his Mark 12 at burst four. He's ballistic skill 13. He's got mimetism minus six. And he can throw eclipse grenades to get around anything with MSV that might be able to beat him in a fight. Yeah. Um, I, I have found that nine orders on this team because of Akmon's tactical awareness i can get them across this table push a button kill a couple priority <laughs> targets in my opponent's deployment zone and then park them and more than once i've been able to park this team right outside of my opponent's deployment zone or even sometimes nestled in a corner of their deployment zone and if they don't 
kill everyone in that team, it becomes a huge problem on for them yeah. on my second turn. Yeah, uh, and then this, any yeah. of these units, like when it's close in the deployment zone, even if the Myrmidon survives, chain rifle up close, nanopulsor up close. Yeah, yeah. close combat. Close I mean, combat, strong close combat. Right, and it's it's hard to kill Eudoros. He's armor three, BTS six. He's got shock immunity and no wound in cap, um, so he he's really tough to take down. Especially when I bury him behind that Myrmidon, and Akmon is another two wound model. So this this team is is tough to get rid of. Yeah, they don't have six sense, so that is something that I have to be aware of when I use it. Yeah, um, but it's I you know I found that they do really well and. Uh, eventually they go down and then Phoenix and his team can move up. They've got a specialist, they've got Eclipse as well. Yeah. And and I, I do really like that Myrmidon with a combi rifle because having that 8 to 16 range where I'm at a positive modifier, um, yeah. that team can really engage just about anything and come out on top. Cool, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second group, Atalanta is my solo operator. I've got two flash pulse bots, and the the purpose of that is I can use Atalanta and the two flash pulse bots in a coordinated order if mm -hmm. I need to. Usually I don't need to, but there are times where there's a thing that I really have to take down. Yeah. And being able to coordinate those three to to you know potentially stun it or get Atalanta's double action hit on uh, is is often you know I mean it, it can be that thing that makes a turn for me and, and I'm able to knock that tag into stun state or knock a heavy infantry down um, and get whatever else I need to accomplish a mission. Yeah. Um, and then there's a Dactyl Doctor with a Yudbot and uh, he'll just pick up, uh, you know, um, occasionally if Phoenix takes a wound early, I can bring him back. But the Yudbot is usually next to Atalanta where, where yeah. I can pick her up if she gets knocked unconscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then uh, a war core. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Three points. Yeah. Flash pulse. What's not to love? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So having having three flash pulses layered across my deployment yeah. zone with the two bots and the war core is is really good because uh, you know Myrmidons hiding prone are are hard to kill. You got to mm -hmm. engage them at close range. They've got a lot of options at close range, and then if you also have to confit contend with cheap flash pulses along the way uh it just makes sure, it more yeah. obnoxious to dig them out yeah yeah sounds like a solid list yeah and, and not something um, that you would would come up uh at, at first glance when you when you make a make a list but this is like like solidly solidly play through that's uh, yeah that's what it looked like yeah i i don't think I've seen anyone run a list. You know, obviously I haven't seen everybody put their list together, but I, I've never come across a list quite like it in the wild. Um, yeah. I think players, because Eudorus's model is so horrendous, mm -hmm. uh, they tend not to run him. They tend to leave him leave him behind, and I think he's got a lot to offer. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah, it's 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 the best potato that you can get. Right, right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's like a Yukon gold, right? Yeah, just, yeah. just the right. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, I guess I've got a, uh, an Achilles list that I use that I really enjoyed. And it's, I think this is one that I actually built 
kind of at the same time when I was putting lists together, and so it, it looks very similar. Mm -hmm. um, Achilles with the AP Spitfire paired with Akmon. Mm -hmm. uh, Achilles is a lieutenant. Get really aggressive with him early on. And then again, I've got Phoenix with his fire team. Uh, he's got a Myrmidon officer with a boarding shotgun and then two chain rifles because yeah. I didn't have the the points for the combi rifle. Yeah, they have to be cheap because of Achilles. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then two net rods and two flash pole spots. Yeah. Um, and I don't have that same setup with Atalanta, but Achilles can win just about any gunfight, so I didn't feel like I needed it as much no. in this list. Um, and then my second order pool is Atalanta, uh, Dactyl Doctor with the PAL bot, mm -hmm. the 8-point baggage bot, and a Warcore. And so this list functions really similarly. I like Atalanta and the Dactyl as my second combat group because yeah. Atalanta can, you know, I, usually I'm not going to spend more than four or five orders on her in a game. Um, occasionally I'll spend a few orders moving her around to, to get that kind of flanking shot when somebody's made a mistake with deployment. Yeah. But usually she's just a threat that's sitting prone on top of a table where my opponent has to spend orders putting their head down at the end of every turn. Yeah. And then I can spend orders on the dactyl to push a button or bring somebody back up. I, I had one match with a list very similar to this where I actually brought the, um, the, Mimetism minus six Achilles, um, yeah. who I I really like him. He can just apply negative twelve modifiers, and uh, you know eventually he got cornered and he got knocked to unconscious, and my opponent didn't have the orders to actually finish him off, and uh, I I had one order left at the end of the turn with the dactyl, or I guess two orders. I got him in position and I mm -hmm. fired the medikit and made the roll and Achilles came back and cleared the table. <laughs> oh um, so it's, it's absolutely worth bringing a doctor yeah. when you've got Achilles around, because yeah. if you can bring him back, it, you know, he, he may carry the game. Yeah. 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 Especially since, since, since uh, the, 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 the medikit got such an upgrade uh, not, yeah. not not being a minus three fizz anymore, it's it's a it's a right. viable option uh, to just right. go for a lucky shot, fire it from afar, and with his high physique, uh, 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 get him standing like if there was a doctor next to him, uh, getting him revived. Yeah, and you know, obviously, if you can get the burst bonus from a fire team on a medikit, yeah, the, uh, the thoracotai is a really good option. Yeah, if you've got a thoracotai team, because if you if you hit Achilles twice and you're rolling for two fifteens, it's it's a it's pretty unlikely that you'll fail that yeah, roll. Yeah, you have to have a very shitty day if that if <laughs> doesn't that doesn't go your way. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So the other list I I packed and I put in the show notes. So I don't know if you post the list that you discuss, um, but if you want to put those up, I can do uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some real similar stuff. Um, you know, switching out different fire teams. Uh, I've got one with Atalanta and um, Diomedes and Anectromoy, um, which I, I think is particularly fun and, and chaotic. It, yeah. you know, there's no Phoenix and Machion is my lieutenant in that one, but uh, it it can present some really interesting angles and and do a lot of damage with those Anectromoy. Yeah, and I, I think you will get. 
get your opponent on the back foot who would think ah steel phalanx uh, we get some uh, uh, we get some uh, and, and, and and the was uh, groups just running at me and then all of a sudden there's a yeah. gun coming from the side where uh, they didn't expect it so yeah, yeah good, I think uh, to, uh, you know mix and match oh. with these kind of units right I think uh, Michael um, Barakio when he went to one of the big events it might have been Armageddon or LVO Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember him coming back and, and you know, it's very possible I've got the name wrong. I think it was Ethan Pearson had brought Steel Phalanx and I think Max AVA of four on the Ectoromoy. And so he was just throwing those around the table and just chain rifles are showing up all over. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One least expected, which will make it probably very good. Uh, yeah. You know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, are there any? Uh, so we will put uh, uh, these lists in the show notes, so you can, uh, you as a listener, can uh, can see for yourself uh, what uh, what uh, Kyle has concocted. And maybe yeah, use and it feel free yourself. to yeah call me out on Discord or Facebook and tell me I'm wrong and everything I do is terrible at steel phalanx, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you, what are you still eager to try out? Um, I do want to figure out how to make patroclus work for me um in his in his new profile i think having the two wounds being a heavy infantry a bs13 hmg presents some tactically different options yeah um i i need to just sort of put the time in and and figure out how to get hollow echo to work i think he and the uh the new sepulcher knight um if i get that Hollow Echo to make sense to me. I think both of those are models that have the potential to be really strong. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's there's an idea I have that I've built a couple lists for of a remote and hacking heavy steel phalanx that I think is probably a terrible idea, but uh, I want to try it as just sort of, you know, my opponent's expecting Enomatarkos teams and I put down a TR bot and Skilla and push most of my buttons with the forward observer bot and i think it would just be kind of a fun you know interesting take on it i, yeah, I don't yeah. think it'll be very good without combat remotes but i'll try it out it sounds like the b team like like <laughs> achilles and all those right. dudes have gone down what do we got well we have some yep. remotes in the shed <laughs> that's what has to do it now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> We're still bu- busy building Achilles up from the last engagement, so uh, here's the <laughs> R-Bot uh, to cover his role. <laughs> right. I guess we got to tap Drakios finally. You know, <laughs> get him on the table. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of really good profiles, and even the ones that I don't particularly like, I think have a lot of merits, and you just got to figure out how to leverage them. Yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah, uh, we, we 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 covered a lot. Uh, any yeah. any final thoughts on uh, on uh, on steel phalanx? You know, I, I think they're a lot of fun. Um, yeah. The the one thing that I I don't love about them is that if you're playing against new players, the fact that they stack mods so aggressively can create. Uh, those feel bad experiences where your opponent feels like they don't have options because if they haven't brought the right tools, uh, it can be an oppressive army to play against. Um, and so I, I do think it's one that if you're trying to bring bring new players in, uh, it may be one to steer away from. Um, 
when when I was getting started and I was figuring out the game, I was playing Steel Phalanx and my friend Paul was playing Morats. And uh, I think pretty quickly he he figured out, um, you know, a lot of the tools he needed to bring and and you know those Yaogats and a core link and yeah. and Dadarase are really good for engaging at close range because they they have a lot of the same strengths. They're a little cheaper, a little better at close combat. But if if you don't have that practice, uh, it it can be you know, oh, I'm shooting back on threes again. Well, I guess I'm gonna die. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it can it can feel pretty bad if if you're not ready for it. Yeah, like uh, oh, I got the gun on him, and then it all disappears in the in the cloud of eclipse, and uh, yeah, you cannot do much about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it, uh, it is the way to play steel Phalanx, but it can be yeah if 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 you if you knew getting into the game or oh this is the, how they present it like a, a combi rifle fires in that, against another combi rifle or Shang Chi versus. Uh, 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 another regular uh, Aquasilis or something, and then you end up with these kind of dudes, right? Like the Myrmidon. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think against an experienced player who's got the the flexibility and has brought the right tools, I think it it's a real fun army to play. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I've been enjoying them a lot in N four. I can understand, and yeah, we we've got something to look look forward to. Uh, my bets is that they're coming back, but my bets are not that good because I was betting on a, <laughs> I was betting on an Ariana tag, and I got a blackjack repackaged. So yeah, that was that was a that was I think that was probably one of the worst marketing decisions they've they've made in the last couple of years because they they could have called it yeah heavy infantry pack. They could have called it something else, but they, yeah. they kept that tag pack on there for a while. Mm-hmm. I know all of my friends who are playing Ariadna are, are pretty disappointed with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's not, not something to bring the pitchforks out, but I'm I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little that's, heartbroken. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I did also hear, and I don't remember if this was on your podcast, so we may be rehashing it, but yeah. I guess the, the lore behind the uh, Ariadna tag in tag raid is that it is a caledonian mining company and the fact that they didn't put the tag in caledonia even seems like a pretty big oversight yeah yeah it's just, <laughs> just that it, it might be an out of print army but give it the re- <laughs> give it the same right. love tv it's <laughs> yeah get your lore yeah. straight it's it's why we play your game <laughs> right you know it's it's probably worth writing to cb because i i do seem to remember the same thing happening with uh libertos in ikari mm-hmm. i think there was a, a note somewhere in some entry in some book that mentioned that the libertos were fighting alongside ikari they released the sectorialist it wasn't there somebody you know got a hold of of the higher ups at cb and and said hey look you guys said it should be there um and yeah. and they ended up putting it in, so maybe it's worth writing that email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably they should send it as an email, like let the Libertos be in only that army. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, let's let's take some Libertos off the table. They're uh, they are pretty ubiquitous. They're getting everywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. They're real good, but yeah, I'd be yeah. okay with, with seeing fewer of them on the table just yeah. to get some yeah. variety. Yeah, for sure. 
So yeah, uh, well, th those are the final thoughts on, on everything yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, any any shout-outs you'd like to, to give before we head out? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you for putting this on, you and your team over at WIP12. Uh, I, I've been enjoying listening to what you guys are putting out and carrying the torch for international interviews after uh, White Noise uh faded away yeah well, um, thank you uh, yeah we're trying to bear that torch and it's a uh, big shoes to fill but uh we're doing our best yeah i mean i imagine it's a lot of work too because there's the recording and then you've got to deal with hosting and if you need to do any editing and putting it up and yeah it takes time yeah yeah and finding some guests and finding interesting uh, stories to tell yeah it's yeah it doesn't yeah. come easily but it's it's a lot of fun to do so that's why we do it Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to Every Little War. Um, Eric uh, runs that business out of uh, Richmond, and uh, they, you know, do Infinity Terrain and tokens and all that stuff. And um, when our friendly local game store closed a couple years ago, he was kind enough to make space for uh, the Infinity players in the Richmond and Oakland area. And oh. so, if you are out there, it's it is in sort of an industrial sector of Oakland. And so it, it feels a little weird to get to, but once you're there, it's, um, you know, it's a good place and there's good people. And, uh, if you're curious about gaming out in that area, let us know. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's getting into the cyberpunk feel, right? You're getting into an industrial go. zone. <laughs> you see the containers that you can, <laughs> that you probably right, right. put on the boards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's sort of a, a, a junkyard, not far away and then the train tracks on the other side yeah. and and you know some some construction businesses around so it, it gets that it, it, it would make great infinity terrain if we had life-size models yeah, yeah, for sure maybe it's a good challenge to make a table it's just the surround of the surrounding area and <laughs> yeah um and then very last little thing uh we got a couple uh pano players myself included who uh really love shock army so uh all of you uh, Shock Army players out there who've realized that um, Conta Cemento is the, the best kept secret in uh, the human <laughs> sphere. Um, that army is, I think they lost a little bit with N4, but I think they're still really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still a show. Uh, uh, we, we are planning to do our first panel coverage about Conta Cemento. So that's something to look forward, for, look forward to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah, well, uh, Cal, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, it's nice to uh, uh, to have uh, such a good deep dive on Steel Phalanx, and we will share your uh, your lists accordingly. Uh, so thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I, I had a lot of fun. All right. Well, listeners, that's uh, that's all for now. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully you had a wonderful listen, and I will see you all next time. <laughs>